You're listening to the Nerd to Know Media Network. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Broadcasting from the Blanchestan Center. This is Phoenix FM. The internet is a communications tool used the world over where people can come together to pitch bad movies and share pornography with one another. According to the Nerd Index, you should be upside down in a junior high toilet around the clock. This is Well, good luck! Tide goes in, tide goes out. Never miss communication. It's over 9,000! My name is Foxy. The balls are in there. Hello and welcome to this week's edition of the Nerd to Know Basis Show. I am Kieran Calicon and with me this week is... Hello everybody, it's Kev. Hey Kev, it's a pleasure to be on you. It feels like it's been ages since we've both been on a show together. How are you doing? It absolutely has, Kieran. It has been absolutely yonks. I've missed you dearly. Um, I've been good, I've been good. I've been enjoying uh, some time off. uh, and today finally got like my full kind of free day that wasn't uh, extensively planning D&D that got immediately derailed. Um, but uh, yeah, I had a, fa- a, fa- a fun-filled day where all I've done is watch Scooby-Doo. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got an absolute hankering and that's just all I did. <laughs> <laughs> okay, and I'm assuming this isn't the new Scooby-Doo then. What? I don't know Are if there, there is. Generations? Is it like the Ninja Turtles? Like what? I think you know what you're on. I think you're kind of onto something with that. It, like they they have been kind of running like that for the past what sixty years, right? I think they were the sixties. Uh, anyway, um, yeah, no, the one I've been watching is uh, one from the 2010s, so about ten years back, called Mystery Incorporated. I just, I've still, I like I've seen clips on it, kind of around, knocking around Twitter for ages, and it's just it's a, just a, it's 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 a very interesting adaptation where it's. The it's your kind of everyday kind of Scooby Doo kind of like uh, mystery of the week formula mask off. Oh, it's a capitalist chill, you know. Every, <laughs> the classics. It's everybody's favorite Scooby Doo. Um, but it's also it takes it takes some it turns a lot of the character dolls up to like twelve and makes some kind of interesting character. Like it, it starts the it starts the whole thing off with uh, with Shaggy and Velma having a relationship. Right. Which is weird, but interesting. It's something different. My favorite character choice is that Fred is just full, intense himbo. <laughs> Head empty, only traps. It's the fun. It's absolutely hilarious. <laughs> there's, because there's, of course, there's like also like there's still romantic chemistry with him and uh, with him and uh, Daphne. Mm. Uh, but there's like, there's one scene where, the, where Daphne's uh, looks at him and was like, you know what, Fred? I think we're so close now. I think we can, you know, we can almost tell what we're thinking. And Fred's like, "Do you, I, do you know what I'm thinking about?" And she's like, "I think you're thinking about me." And Fred looks like, "No, I'm not thinking about anything. This is a vacuum up here." <laughs> it's just, it's just like God. God <laughs> well, bless see, you, Fred. You absolute 
Well, that's what I was wondering about, because when you started talking about it, I started wondering, is this like a sonic boom type thing where it's actually written by for a with like the 30 year olds who watched it as kids in mind? Like oh, that kind of thing. certainly. It like on top of that, uh, like how 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 deep are you in Scooby Doo lore? <laughs> I can name about three and a half of them. Because in the, in the, group, pa- so in the past two episodes, we have had callbacks to Scooby Doo and the 13 uh, and the 13 ghosts. Was it? The mm. one with Vincent Van Gogh. Right. <laughs> uh, and we've had a, a shaggy do joke. So like, uh, or a scrappy do joke. Right. Uh, and then, yeah, just like it, there's a load of just kind of callbacks. There's a museum in it. A lot like the second live action movie, there's a museum in it that has the costumes of like the old original right. uh, villains like Minor 49er and the, the, the Space Cook and things <laughs> like that. Um, and yeah, just like, it's just really funny. But also like, I think what, what's really kind of grabbing me is that all the while during these kind of uh, episodic bits, there's there's a running plot line. There's a running mystery throughout the season about uh, hinting at an original mystery incorporated from some generations ago. Okay. And hints being filtered them to filtered through to them by an enigmatic Mr. E. <laughs> Oh, I don't know if you can tell, I don't know if you can see the pun there. <laughs> Mr. Enigma. Edward. Um, but like, yeah, so it, it is just, it's a really, really fun series. I'm probably going to finish at least the first season after this ep- after the episode. Excellent. I'm excited to check this out. But just in case anyone you have caught their attention, are you watching it somewhere legitimately? Uh, physical. Like I, I, I oh, bought okay. a, I bought a cheap DVD off eBay. Uh, it's, it's not, it's not on streaming here. From what I understand, it is streaming on HBO Max. Uh, if that is in your country, which should be soon coming to us, I believe. Oh, I thought we had it already. Is that not where everyone saw the Justice League mega super duper extra long one or something? Uh, not in Ireland. Oh <laughs> it no, it's on Now TV. My bad. Sorry. That was it. Definitely wasn't here when we just came out. I know I've heard it's coming here soon. Right. Actually, that brings me to some news I wasn't planning on talking about. The Star Trek community is blowing up because right oh. before the season premiere of Discovery uh, went out, Netflix like pulled not just the new series but all the previous Discovery stuff. I did hear about that. Yeah, you're you're up on this, yeah? I haven't caught up on the series, but I did hear about this, and that's insane. Mm. Because that was a that was a licensing deal with Netflix to show that. And I and as far as I've heard, there's no plans about CBS bringing their platform like Well, uh, that's worldwide. just it. I mean, like now, to, to be to give Netflix a slight bit of credit, uh the, what are they? Paramount? The Paramount people have botched the rollout of Star Trek really weirdly because like uh, Discovery was on Netflix, but Picard and the cartoon were on Amazon Prime, but the newer cartoon Janeway isn't isn't on either of those. So like it's a big mess. But yeah, I'm getting echoes of like when all the Defenders, e Marvel Netflix stuff just got shut down overnight. There's there's a lot of people I know who are very upset about this. Yeah, no, I'm not surprised. Like it's like you know. I've been to a Star Trek convention. That is an intense fan base. So like <laughs> CBS just obviously don't know what they're sitting on with that because divesting that much, it feels like they just have no plan 
and it is absolutely aggravating the consumer. Oh, of course. Yeah, because like, I mean, you want to kind of, even though, you know, Star Trek will be fine forever, you kind of want to support the brand and watch it on like the right things and mm-hmm. just up with it and all that. And if you're not that tech savvy, which I am not in case anyone is looking at my camera, which, you know, they may do some days, may wind up on YouTube. But yeah, it's just, it's a real shame. And it's a weird situation where I've seen like, the Star Trek brand make pleas of forgiveness on Instagram and stuff to people in Europe and all that kind of stuff. And this is, this all seems incredibly avoidable, you know? Especially considering, like, we're in a renaissance for the Star Trek fandom now. Like, mm. this is... Because before Discovery, you'd be the, the, the knowledge on this. Before Discovery, the real big last thing was Enterprise, which was early 2000s yeah there was the, the films obviously which did very which did pretty well not brilliant not star wars good but you know good i think nemesis it was blockbustered pretty well but it was just got critically panned yeah 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 yeah. um but yeah so but like it you know compared like that like that was you know maybe you get like one star trek thing a year and then that was it we're getting like that's it we've got several series on the go including like one main flagship series mm. that is doing extraordinarily well mm. when you can watch it <laughs> yeah i mean my favorite's still lower decks but yeah i've got to say i i hope most of the cynics have been won over by discovery now i get it i get why people aren't might not be on board with it but like i mean they've done loads on that show already and like it's i really look forward to watching it you know yeah, it's one I well, it's what I kept meaning to catch back up, and I started season two <laughs> way back when. Uh, obviously, gonna have to do some work to figure that out now. Mm. Um, but yeah, I actually, which you mentioned, I didn't actually know you they were doing a Janeway cartoon. What's this about? No, well, okay, calling it a Janeway cartoon <laughs> isn't fair, but there is a Star Trek cartoon on Nickelodeon called Star Trek Prodigy, and from what little I've gleaned, because we can watch it nowhere, is. It's about a bunch of scrappy young kids who aren't in the Federation, but kind of get their hands on a ship and just sort of take off (laughs) like very kind of Firefly. I suppose because we're going to talk about Cowboy Bebop in a few minutes. Very much that sort of anarchic spirit. And Janeway is in it just as someone who exists in that universe. And they got, um, oh, I can't believe I've forgotten her name. Kate Mulgrew back to actually do it. And it's been her first time back since like Voyager. So yeah, it's gotten very, very good feedback. It seems to be more kid-centric, obviously, than, mm. like, Lower Decks. But, like, from what I've seen of the animation, it looks gorgeous, like, you know. Wow. And more no, diversity that's... in the Star Trek brand is always good, you know? But that's it. Like, it'd be great to have, like, because that's, it's it's a, it's such a wide universe that, like, you can, like, they have and can pluck just so many different types of stories mm. just throughout the, the, the known Federation space. See, yeah, having a kids cartoon is a great idea. I just, I've never heard about this. I'm, I'm again, kind of bummed out that this, that you can't get it here. But that's exactly it. Because I know that like there are a million billion YouTubers who have done seven hour long essays about why Next Generation and Deep Space Nine are great and Discovery is the worst thing since unsliced bread or whatever. But at the same time, you know, actually marketing and accessibility aside, the people doing Star Trek at the moment, have cracked that more types of show for more types of audiences is the way to go. Because apart from like the devil being in the details, Next Gen, D Space Nine and Voyager and Enterprise as well, all kind of feel very similar for a similar audience, you know? Yeah. 
Oh yeah, like they 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 are they are different shows doing different things, but they're definitely catering to the same crowd. Yeah, they're all still the same, like forty five minute, like kind of eighties nineties, like television drama of the week type thing. You know? Yeah, like they're not different genres. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, again, in the detail, Deep Space Nine is X, Y, and Z, and Voyager is more retro. But, like, I'm just talking to someone who doesn't own Star Trek merchandise. You know what I mean? Like, Yeah, like, they're not, they're not like, a kid's cartoon that will teach you life lessons. Or, in the case of Lower Decks, a sitcom. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Like, uh, but no, it's, so I'm a bit bummed out about that. But, you know what, I'm going to, because of Hawkeye, which we neither of us have seen at this time recording, because we're recording on Wednesday, is out. I'm happy to let Discovery build up for a few weeks while they sort it all out. I just hope that, again, since we're going to talk about kind of Mm. more of this kind of stuff later, I hope that perfectly good shows don't fall by the wayside due to simple mismanagement. That's all. Oh, that's, I mean, that's, that's all we can ever really hope for. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, Here's a secret. I'm probably not going to watch Hawkeye. I just don't care. Oh, but it looks so funny. I do I don't, I never cared about Hawkeye. I definitely don't care about Chamber Anner. <laughs> oh. Well, it's, look, I mean, I, I know the comics run it's based on, and I've said this before on the show, the comics run it's based on gets that Hawkeye is someone no one cares about and makes that the central joke. His flatmate across the way literally calls him Hawk Guy because he knows that little about him, other than he's a kind of sort of Avenger. Uh, so it's a very fish out of what, like, if they get the tone right, like, I mean, from what I've seen in the trailers, like, you know, they have Captain America, the musical with like a Hamilton logo, mm. and it doesn't look like Hawkeye's anywhere in it. Like, so if they really embrace that, I think it could work really well, you know. Maybe. It's 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 a kind of a combination. And also, like, you have to kind of ma- match that tone with the fact that all we know about him now is that he's sad that... Uh, Natasha died. Mm. Um, that he definitely did go murder a bunch of people. Hey, remember that? <laughs> and also, we now know that uh, uh, Michelle uh, uh, Florence Pugh uh, is going to come after him. Is, is absolutely coming from, and I think I'm on her side. <laughs> <laughs> it's it's it's, and again, like it that it's it's a personal bias thing. I'm pro- like I'm not going to watch it the same way I was going to watch Loki like immediately. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm only going by the trailers at this point, but look, if it's an action romp set at Christmas with a superhero who no one respects, it's different. I, I'll always take a little bit of like self-awareness as like a plus. So we'll see. We'll give it a proper review next week. But since we've been complaining about Netflix, I think we should segue into talking about Cowboy Bebop. I've been rewatching yes. the original. You've seen the new one. We're both... I've- anime dedicated types what are your thoughts so far uh, i've only seen the first couple of episodes of the new one how Uh, many episodes are there are they like 10 they're 10 or like no no they decided to go for like the hour-long treatments for each oh okay i assume i know nothing Mm. because i know nothing and take us through what you've seen so far it's like it's an adaptation of cowboy people right it takes it takes a lot of the it's it's doing what I think actually an adaptation like this should do, which isn't going just one to one. It's taking a lot of the themes and parts that happen in it and kind of constructing its own narrative in some way. I think the entire second episode 
if I'm remembering it right, is nearly all uh, original. Right. Uh, now, in saying that, it doesn't have nearly the depth that the, that the original anime has. Mm. Um, but it's, it's, it seems like it's kind of, it's, it's doing its own kind of thing to get to basically the same end point. It is not doing it perfectly. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what I was wondering, because, like, I mean, obviously, I was talking with my fiance about this, how kind of the merits of a live action adaptation means that, like, someone who might not be as interested in anime might find their way onto it through one of these, or it might just generate new attention for the brand or whatever. But then you've obviously got the drawbacks of it's not animated. Mm. And, like, Cowboy Bebop was one of those ones where, the animation style is a character in it. So what do they do to kind of bridge the divide there? Uh, not much, but actually just to actually right back to a point you said there. Uh, Cause I've talked to several people who have watched it and a handful of people I watched actually really liked it, responded really positively to it. Okay. Uh, and all of them have not seen the original. Right. Right. So it's certainly, I think like it, it definitely seems like it is trying to cater that like, hey, if you haven't seen the original, here's a jumping on point if you're not into animation. Mm. And from what I understand, because the big gripes do come from when you are comparing it to its original. That's right. that's most of my criticism. There's other criticisms I have against it, but that's obviously like the, the main thrust of them, as I can get into. But like, it is a fun space adventure with some melodrama and some kind of some, some weird thing. It's it's all it's pretty well produced it's got that kind of cosplay feel it's a little rough around the edges uh, especially in some of the special effects i they obviously didn't get a huge budget for that really i would have thought netflix would have money to throw at everything yeah you'd think that I, I don't know like it just it all it all feels a little bit like loose right uh, but like that's in comparison to say like a marvel right, right, right. like that's yeah like it's still not it's not bad uh i will now it does have in its favor a stellar lead cast. Okay. John, John Cho as nailing Spike Spiegel and just absolutely hitting unerringly cool uh, on the mark. Mm. And Mustafar Shakir is Jet Black walked onto live action. <laughs> it is uncanny how just one to one that is. He's do he is doing a perfect portrayal. Um, and I, I don't have much to say on Daniela Pineda uh, as Faye, just because I've only seen her in one episode. Right, right. But she's still like, she's still, she still comes, she comes off as very good and very much like Faye. Right. Uh, yeah, she did, which I was surprised that she actually didn't come up earlier. But anyway. Um, now, the big problem I'm having with it though is having you watch the original this show is like it's taking a lot of things that were subtext in the original and just kind of presenting them. Spike's backstory is pretty much the front and center narrative. Well, that's what I was going to ask actually uh, was, is it like, are they adapting all the original episodes into live action or is it a new story with some similar things to it? Bit of both. They're taking some of the episodes and they're taking some of the episodes and a lot of the kind of the major plot beats uh, and making that, as I said, like they, they've taken, as I said, so the first episode is the first episode given a lot more context and given a lot more breathing room with the, uh, the, the, 
uh, the, the the husband and wife that were trafficking the drugs in the pregnant belly. Right. That's that's still the kind of the core plot of uh, the first episode. Um, uh, the core plot of the third episode is again the guy. I can't remember his name now, but the guy <laughs> smuggling iron, and that's how they get iron on board. Right, right, right. So like they're they're taking plots from episodes. Uh, as I said, it's only ten episodes, and it seems like they're only doing one per like one hour to forty minute long episodes. They're not they're not, they're not getting all the episodes. Right. Uh, but yeah, they're they're expanding a lot and they're putting a lot more forward that was just drip fed to you in the original. Mm. And I'm not huge on that. Yeah, it's um, it's because I mean, obviously, I don't want to make pejorative statements mm. about an entire culture, but like Cowboy Bebop is very unlike quite a lot of big famous anime shows in that there's a lot of devil in the details. There's a lot unsaid. Oh yeah. A lot you kind of have to figure out on your own compared to a lot of the ones which were over explain it. And, you know, cut back to things that happened five minutes ago and all that kind of stuff. You know, I'm talking your basic shonen jumpy type stuff, you know? Oh yeah. I can't count how many episodes of one piece I've watched that where half of the episode is recap and then recapping what had just happened in the same episode. (laughs) But (laughs) <laughs> yeah, like, but uh, so, so my, to kind of get to where I was going, my biggest problem with Cowboy Bebop is vicious. Right. Remember the remember the villain of Cowboy Bebop? And how Sephiroth he with with roids looking guy with silver hair. Yes. Like how he only appeared like four or five times. Didn't say much. Was kind of a lean dude. Uh, this show really likes to show him off. Really likes to have him front and center. And really likes to show off the bad costume. <laughs> Oh, which it's just he can't. It's he just looks like a dude in a wig, <laughs> and that's it's, it's really striking. As I said, compared to otherwise really good acting, mm. I'm like, I know, look this up now. I'm sorry that the people listening won't get the benefit of this. This is your homework to look this up. And then on top of that, it's compared to the 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 quiet intimidation that he gave off even when he right. wasn't on screen in the original, they're pushing a lot of melodrama in this. Okay. And it just, like, I can see why a lot of people would like it, but knowing how the original does that, and I'll come, I'll put my cards on the table. I think Cowboy Bebop is flawed. The original. Yeah. I can't find fault with it. It's, I, I think it's a masterpiece. Mm. So to take that and try to disentangle it and, and recreate it in its own form, I think was a flawed project to begin with. Sorry, I'm, I'm looking at the images and the first one that comes up says, uh, live action uh, Vicious looks like Lord Farquaad from Shrek. I, that's, yeah, it's unfortunate. <laughs> it's, yeah, I saw it in the trailers as well. And look, I'm not going to write it off without watching. I'm going to rewatch the original first and then go mm-hmm. to live action. But like, definitely... Uh, even Stevie, when I was watching it, she pointed out that it's the costumes look like they would adapt to cosplay very easily, like in the in the animated one. I mean, so yeah. I suppose looking at it in live action, unless you really saturate the style, it's gonna look like people dressed up in cosplay. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's why it's. I think that's why, like, why I've got to actually really uh, uh, give such high praise to. Like the leads performances, like John Chosen and, and Mustafar's and Daniela's, because like while like you look at pictures of them and set photos, they just look like people cosplaying these characters. Yeah, it, their performances are actually so good, you can just kind of see them 
envelop those characters and you're kind of you are drawn into them oh well john cho strikes me as like the nerdy type sure he was in the star trek movies as well like you know and that's the other thing is that i wasn't watching him thinking that's new sulu <laughs> I, was, I was watching it like thinking hey that's that's spike that's <laughs> like he's doing a great great job it's mm. just it's it's just it's while I can understand that it's definitely because it, it, it's a good jumping on point for people that didn't jive with the original and I know and the people again have said to me that they actually want to watch the original now having watched it it's not that great <laughs> right I mean, look, I mean, I got into Death Note through the Willem Dafoe performance in the Netflix film. So I'm not going to write off all live action versions. But let's say you have like a big chart and the Death Note movie is somewhere. The Full Metal Alchemist, I'm assuming that was a film and not a TV series. Oh, the Japanese live action one. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, I mean, where where does this one rate compared to like, the other kind of live action-y ones of recent years? And here's the thing. It's probably the best. <laughs> right. Just because, <laughs> like, the track record for this sort of thing is so poor. Mm. Like, it's it's always been a bit of a flunked endeavor um, mm. because you're, you're adapting a style that is... Like, adapting animation to live action is already difficult. Mm. Um deciding to do it with a particular genre of animation that is known for being flamboyant mm. you're gonna have to like get somebody with a real strong creative eye on it like funnily enough because i i was googling kind of stuff about kawa bebop right before this came out and apparently uh ryan johnson of star wars and knives out fame says that like kawa bebop is one of the biggest influences on his style and when i think back to watching knives out i yeah i see it Big, colorful costumes, weird angles, lots of... Weirdly enough, not in Star Wars, of all things. But, <laughs> yeah, I can completely see it. And you'd really need someone with a very particular style to approach adapting something from animation into live action. Uh, and, like, I mean, I don't think they've found that yet. At least I haven't seen someone find it yet. Like, even, mm. like, things I love, like, say, completely different genre... But the Ace Attorney film, you do get bogged down in the fact that now and again, it looks like people are cosplaying, you know? Yeah. There's a bit of a flatness to it, you know? Like, I, I think this is probably one of the best ones. I actually, as like, not to say that it was a good movie, the live action American Death Note, it do, it do, it's doing what I think needs to be done for these sorts of adaptations where it's taking the, uh, the concept and just running its own idea through with it. Yeah, yeah. And that's I, I, I like what you need to do yeah. with it. That's all. It's a movie that's full of faults, mm. but it's doing something to make it its own adaptation. Yeah. It's like, it, it, it's, it's crossing the question of why am I watching this instead of the original? Well, I mean, if you're going to do something different, because like it's with a live action thing, like with people like us, like we're already on board with the original and we're already going to have that original's better type mentality. Like, you know, so at least Death Note took the attitude of this is both something different from people who know it and it will intrigue mm. the people who don't know it into trying it. And those are your two things. So, yeah, I think, would you think the live action Kobe Bob ticks either of those boxes? Oh, well, again, as I've said, having done, in a way, almost done sample testing, um, <laughs> it is. It is doing exactly that. It's, it's onboarding people 
who weren't interested in the original. Yeah. And I think like, and again, that's great to hear. I can't like, I'm not going to sit here as, as much as being on a nerd podcast gives me the right to sit here. I'm not going to sit here and tell people how to enjoy media. For people who can't see us, which is everyone. Kev has leaned back and folded his arms in the appropriate position <laughs> on his gonna, throne. I'm not going to tell you that, Rod, like, you know, enjoying Cowboy Bebop makes you a bad person. <laughs> you can take that out of, out, out of context as a clickbait headline, but I'm not going to say that. Oh, uh, we're, we're, not, we're not worth the clickbait headlines yet. But maybe someday. Maybe <laughs> someday. <laughs> um, actually, actually, that's as good. At, well, actually, before we segue off it, is the music at least good? Yes, uh, yes, 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 yes. Because they got Yoko Kano and the seatbelts back. Ah, the music is okay. They they couldn't do it without her. She is the heart and soul of that goddamn show. Right. She's so cool. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Well, on that pleasant note, we've got to segue into bad news, which is Star Wars. Um, so um, we've just gotten news that a the Rogue One film directed by Patty Jenkins has fallen through, which I'm heartbroken about because that's one of my favorite computer games ever. I know we just t- talked about how live adaptations don't match up, but still, I would have been down for it. Um and I just, Geek Ireland, the lovely people at Geek Ireland, were kind enough to compile a list of all the people who have been fired by Disney, who are in major prominent directing roles or something like that. And I want to run it down pretty quickly, which yeah, is... So is... Is this like recent let goes or is this just the stretch since Disney acquired Star Wars? Uh, both. Okay. <laughs> Uh, it's actually not as long as I expected, which was we've got the Game of Thrones guys. They were supposed to be doing Knights of the Old Republic trilogy. Oh, I wonder what happened there. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> isn't that isn't that just the most oh. epic, tragic thing? That, like, <laughs> they rushed out Game of Thrones and then got fired because they wrote. Oh, it's just anyway. Uh, which, by the way, I played Knights of the Old Republic for the first time this week. It's amazing. I'm gutted Dara isn't here to talk about it. But however, that's a next week thing. Uh, <laughs> that's, apparently, that's a, I'll leave next week just you and I talking night there public. <laughs> so there was supposed to be a Boba Fett film by Josh Trank that fell through. Obviously, we've got the Mandalorian now. And the Patty... Boba Fett coming out like next month, I think. Oh, that's right. I'd forgotten about yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Uh, Colin Trevorrow was obviously supposed to do Star Wars. <laughs> that's oh, recommendation if you if you haven't watched i think we've plugged your channel a few times jenny nicholson incredible creator she does a run-through of the trevorrow script yes it's wild (laughs) it would have been it would have been a far better movie than what we got would have been a far more interesting film certainly but i think the last jedi was interesting enough for people apparently (laughs) uh my favorite of the jenny nicholson uh quotes from that script um was um i think poe dameron by our good Irish pal Donald Gleeson. <laughs> yeah. He, whatever battle is happening isn't going well. And he says something to the effect of, truly, I have lost the Star Wars. <laughs> I, Golden. Disney are cowards for not allowing that line in. <laughs> uh, all right, I'll round up this list very quickly. Obviously, uh, Lord and Miller, Solo, they were gone. Uh, Ryan Johnson was supposed to get a trilogy of, I'm assuming, 10, 11, 12. That's gone. Gareth Edwards was fired from Rogue One without 
properly being fired. It was redone by the Born Identity guys. Mm. There's actually probably a lot more than is being counted in this list. Uh, but oh, well, yeah. Yeah, like big, big productions like that tend to have a lot of people in and out, even if mm. like mostly in like, you know, kind of smaller, uh, uh, smaller production roles, but like focusing on kind of made, like, major like executive and lead mm. departments, like people that kind of would have shaped the actual project themselves. Yeah, and then obviously I mean, Patty Jenkins. Obviously, um, yeah. Which I, makes me wonder do you think, I still haven't seen it actually, but do you think it's this is because of the terrible critical reception of Wonder Woman 84? Well, that's what I'm wondering about because they, they dropped the, the two Game of Thrones lads, like hot potatoes, pretty much which, the week Game of Thrones ended. Which, like, it, you know, that makes, because, like, that's still, that, that ending is a cultural landmark of just mm. here is how you absolutely screw the pooch on an adaptation mm. which star wars then did very quickly themselves yeah um but like the what like you know what do i got panned but not nearly to that degree yeah i mean look i'm not gonna say anything about wonder woman 2 because it's not fair to pass your two cents on something before you watch it mm-hmm. but from what i've gathered i think jenkins wrote the script for wonder woman 2 but didn't write the script for wonder woman 1 so it's not a knock against her as a director. Like, mm. there's no need to, like, you know, completely pull the plug on everything, you know, like. It just, you yeah, know, it seems like a weird decision. Because, um, like, as well, like, it seems like, and it's like, it seems like this has been canned. This is not like it's going into production. Like, you know, it's going into late production. It's kind of getting lax. Yeah. No, this has been, sh- I think the words are shelved indefinitely. <laughs> That's very democratic. Yes. Um yeah, it's just a peculiar thing. And a lot of Star Wars-y things have dropped off. Obviously, for controversial reasons, there was supposed to be Raiders of the New Republic with your woman from The Mandalorian. That's been discreetly shuffled yeah. away. Like, But then also, like one of the flagship things for Star Wars was supposed to be a Cassian Andor series. That's disappeared. It's, like Star Wars, like, I, I made this... I said this before the, uh, the, the, the recording that I think Star Wars is in a weird place Mm. And you made the joke that it's been in a weird place for 35 years. Yes, basically. <laughs> um, but like, it kind of is. It's, it's, it, it, like from the outside looking in, it feels like it, the franchise itself is trying to figure itself out. Yeah. Especially it's after a weird phase, especially after Rise of Skywalker, because mm. again, match Game of Thrones in terms of actual, like of flopping an ending. Uh, where it feels like the only kind of consistent thing we're getting is Mandalorian into Boba Fett. Mm, that's it. Yeah, well, I mean, that... like, Dave Filoni, the, the Clone Wars guy, mm. is now the Kevin Feige of Star Wars, by all accounts. So it's probably that awkward DC phase thing where he's kind of, like, junking some of the things that were in production before he came on and starting new ones. I mean, Star Wars Visions came out of nowhere. Like, you know. Uh, yeah. So I'd say it's probably just that. I know there's been a lot of buzz around some Rebels characters have been cast in the Ahsoka series. Hayden Christensen's coming back for Kenobi and Ahsoka and all that. So there's a lot on the way, but you're right. It's very, from the outside looking in, it looks very awkward at the moment. Have you actually seen the Boba Fett trailer? Not the trailer now, no. Like I'll watch the series mm. when it comes out. Because again, liked Filoni, really liked what he did with Fett in the, in the Mandalorian series. Uh, so very interesting to see what he what he does with that, knowing where we left Boba Fett. Yeah. Uh, no, it's I won't give away too much of what's in the trailer, but its tone is very interesting. It doesn't 
it obviously it looks visually like the Mandalorian, but like kind of the way the banter and the scenes is, it's like it's it made me realize just how little there is of Boba Fett to mine for potential in some respects, because they were kind of inventing all of these like kind of internal conflicts and all that kind of stuff. And well, like, that's, you know, that's the eternal joke is he's everyone's favorite character who got two lines. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Like, you know, it's like we were so, talking about Vicious earlier in Cowboy Bebop. He's People love him because you barely see him. It's that kind of thing, you know. So now the fans got what they want. And hey, maybe what they want is a character that had two lines. It, yeah, There's exactly. your depth. <laughs> <laughs> they do seem to be kind of going down the Marvel route, though, because they bulked up. Um, oh, she's uh, the character from Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D., the actor who played Mulan, uh, Fennec Shand. Uh, who is Boba Fett's sidekick. She got a big role in the Bad Batch series. Uh, so they seem to be kind of creating that sense of continuity Giving... in among the shows, even if not literally in among the timelines and stuff. Mm. You know, Obviously, Ahsoka's got her own show coming out and Hayden Christensen's going to be in a few of them. So they're starting to put it together. But they have to clean house first, you know. Seems like it. Is that... Was... Am I... What? Because this could also what's the what's the happening? What's happening with Kathleen Kennedy on in there? Because I I remember hearing that I think they were kind of trying to push her, move her away from the productions. I've been deliberately avoiding looking into <laughs> that quagmire for a that. Long, that could also be time. the big thing here. Is mm. that like they're like she they they tried to set her up as their Kevin Feige. Yes. Yeah. And yeah. people weren't happy, and I think they're trying to kind of shift her away. Maybe try to supplant Filoni yeah. in, and that's why things are just a bit, a bit DC, right? <laughs> yeah. As far as I can tell, and you know, because Disney is the master of spin, mm-hmm. and so you have to wade through Disney on one side and wish fulfillment articles on the other on the internet. and the Star Wars fans on the other end. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, 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 fueling both fires. As far <laughs> as I can tell, Filoni is the creative manager. Ah. But and uh, Kennedy is still there, but there's also no new Star Wars movies, so she's the one on that. So I don't know if if what's his name is just doing the Disney Plus stuff, maybe like you know, because Kevin Feige is doing a Star Wars movie soon, really? so like, yeah, apparently. Uh, so I don't know how he has time for it, frankly, <laughs> but however. So my honest answer is, I don't know. It could be that Filoni is in charge of all Star Wars or just the Disney Plus stuff. But until this new Star Wars film comes out, I don't think we're going to get any updates on that, you know. Okay. Well, uh, how about we just dredge ourselves out of this swamp? <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 like Yoda, right? Like Yoda bring up the X-Wing. <laughs> Let's just get the <laughs> hell out of here. Um, and actually circle back to Netflix. Yes, because uh, there's one. I, there's a show I actually watched every week that I really want to talk about. Okay, uh, called Arcane. Right, I've heard this name buzzed about. I know literally nothing about it. Tell me it all. Is like the the long and short of it. It is an adaptation. It is a story from the. It's a story. It's a story based on the 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 popular MOBA video game League of Legends. Right, that okay. is, and that is all I know of it because I do not care about League of Legends. <laughs> I know a lot of people that do. I don't. Um, okay, back up even further. What is League of Legends? Uh, no, I'm not answering that question. <laughs> 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 no, League of Legends. It like it's it's a hugely popular game. It is like the esport. Right. Uh, huge in those esport things has a 
incredibly uh, avid fan base. Uh, I know nothing about it. <laughs> it's just a big competitive game. I don't know anything about it. So when Netflix announced, hey, we're doing a League of Legends series, I was like, cool, bye. <laughs> <laughs> like they, they've done this a couple of times where I think uh, I think it was Netflix did a Dota series as well, which is another one of these big things. And again, didn't watch Good it, to me. didn't care. What arcane though, and I'm sure like we're kind of late on the train with this because Twitter, my Twitter was hopping off on it. Right. Uh, is that arcane is absolutely incredible. Okay. It, it is there is like from what I understand, League of Legends always had a kind of a, a, a magic-y steampunky kind of vibe to it. So the series takes that and to presents this, this it presents the start of the story as a steampunk uh society on the verge of discovering uh and implementing magitech right okay uh on the verge of this this complete industrial revolution with magic uh and it has and it's this this abs and it becomes this absolutely huge sprawling story uh exploring themes of class struggle between like these this magitech society and then the slums uh, that it powers over underneath. And then on top of that, an incredibly personal story of two sisters just trying to get by in this incredibly difficult world. And as it grows, it introduces uh, new characters like the, the scientist introducing this Magitech to an unconvinced uh, council and a police officer trying to figure out the corruption of the Undercity going along. And it's all of these different kind of themes and, and plot details that just kind of ravel out into a really well-written, really engaging uh, uh, fantasy plot. And then the the jewel in the crown is the fact that it is one of the most beautiful 3D animated shows. Like, we're, we're talking... Oh, it's 3D animated? I didn't know yes. that. Uh, and it's not quite the same style as, like, Into the Spider-Verse, but it's like, we're talking, like, that class of animation. Right. Where it's taking 3D, not trying to make it look super realistic and super high-def, but taking the power that those systems have and just making something so absolutely creative and incredible looking. Okay. All right. So as someone who literally doesn't know what Leagues of Legends is, do you think it's accessible? For Absol- uh, you're looking at one. I had yeah, no okay. idea. I knew next to nothing about the, about the franchise and I thoroughly hooked me. It absolutely engaged me. Which is a which uh, all of this praise I heap on it, which it absolutely deserves, comes with one major caveat here, <laughs> and that is that Riot Games is an absolutely terrible company. <laughs> okay, it is a what, company. What did they do? Fraught with sexual misconduct and cover-ups. <laughs> oh dear. Yeah, that's this is not a this is not a secret. Everybody knows this, and they have not addressed it. So wait, what what kind of big company do they work for then? Or no, no, I think they, as far as I know, they're they're standalone. I don't think they're owned by like one of the. They're major not like a public- Blizzard thing or something like that. Far as I'm aware, no. I think because like again, they're like they're they're plop their uh, IPs are big enough to like stand on their own without needing to be bought out. Uh, right. so they are they are kind of, as far as I'm aware, they're their own entity. Um. So yes, yeah, so that's just it needs to. I I just I suppose I need to kind of put that caveat in here is. This is an incredibly creative, incredibly beautiful, incredibly well-written show that is being bankrolled by a morally bankrupt company. I I can only recommend it if you can kind of 
Uh, parse that. Parse that minefield. Um, right. Well, that puts Star Trek Discovery not being up there into some context. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it like it's, Feel it's, bad it's, it's about that. It's a minefield, and mm-hmm. um, and like I I think I can at least uh, justify it a little bit because it's obviously while Riot are bankrolling it to the best of my knowledge, they are not producing right. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's being produced by Studio Fortiche and I don't know, how, like, but I don't know to what degree mm-hmm. how in-house they would be to Riot or if they are a separate studio. And obviously that's the other, and on top of that, like obviously while I haven't heard any um, uh, stories coming out about the production of the show, obviously like, you know, there's been nothing, like the lead creators shouldn't the lead creators of this show shouldn't suffer for the acts of executives. Yeah, yeah, of course, yeah. So, like, as like again, this sort of talk is a minefield. Yeah, but yeah, just it, you like, liked it, it. I I liked it, and I definitely think it's 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 uh, having spoken to a lot of people who are animators and are artists like that. It's it seems like it's another one of these kind of cultural touchstones of. This is a this is a stepping stone in what in what three D animation can be, right? Like again, like Spider Verse. Okay, um, all right. Well, that's a, that is still like you know a positive spin it because, like you say, if you kind of do your best like to support the creators and stuff and not the brand, you know, I've I've had many arguments. Not not argue, I'm not the argumentative type. Discussions with this over I think people were getting hyped for a Harry Potter game and they were like, you know, oh support the devs, don't support the book. And you kind of go, All right, name the devs, you know. <laughs> you can't really like so I mean, if you can find a way to parse it, of course, that's that is a good caveat to put on top of it, you know. Like that's it is like, and again, it's it is up to yourself. That's always very subjective. At this point, and like that's why you know we're a little late in the train with this. Yes. It's already been ranking Netflix's uh, top ten pretty consistently since its release. It's already done incredibly well. It's already gotten greenlit for a second season. Like my recommendation isn't going to push it up further now. Yeah, so yeah. That's why I'm kind of happy to be like, listen, it's already done, Gangbusters. It's like there's no stopping. We might as well enjoy it while we have it because it's already been incredibly successful. Yes. Um. But again, like you did, like it's it's we just kind of have to recognize and call out the fact that hey, maybe stop being sexual predators. <laughs> you know, a controversial topic here. Oh, we're all about the controversy, and Dara isn't even here. <laughs> <laughs> How much time do you have left on the clock, by the way? Because I've got uh, potentially two more topics. Well, I think we've got time for one. One. All right. Uh, heads or tails? Do you want Doctor Who or Disney Plus Day? I'll be, I'll be a benevolent Kevin. Yeah, <laughs> we'll, we'll go I'll let, Disney we'll, Plus because there's less to talk about on that. I was going okay. to let you go Doctor Who. <laughs> oh, oh, okay. Well, I'll just say very quickly that the, the, this week's Doctor Who absolutely slapped the, the Weeping Angels are back and they're scary again and it was great and I can't even talk about it without spoiling it, I'm realising. But if you want my thoughts on it, the review's up in Geek Ireland. If you want to get a fright, then track it down on, well, I suppose not really the iPlayer. Track it down somewhere. Find okay. a friend who taped it on a box or something. But yeah, 
I'm, I'm glad to hear that. I'm glad to hear you enjoyed it because I remember the last time we talked about it. Uh, I think it was you and Bryn were incredibly mm. skeptical of the future of this series. Yeah, well, I mean, look, there's still two more episodes. There's still plenty of time. Like, I mean, but um, but yeah, this one was great. They seem to be kind of pretty much sticking the landing more or less every episode after the first one. Uh, like all of Russia and China became the country Santar which I'm down for. Okay. I'm down for weird stuff, which is what the Santarans call their home planet. Throw in more weird stuff. Uh, I love Midsummer Murders with Weeping Angels. That's a cool concept. <laughs> uh, so yeah, and actually it was at the time of recording, Doctor Who Day, uh, two days ago, uh, November 23rd, and they released a whole load of updates. Like they're going to do another... Are you up on this? They animate missing classic episodes that have just been lost no, to time. Oh, but that's because I knew that was always a problem with the franchise. Yeah, basically, for anyone who doesn't know, uh, Doctor Who, like a lot of the episodes from the first two Doctors are just straight up gone because, you know, video recording didn't exist yet. Uh, but what fans did was they taped, literally held up hand like microphones to the episodes while they were going out on TV in the 60s. <laughs> and what animation studios have done is taken those recordings and literally animated these scratchy type things and cleaned up the sound and all that kind of stuff. So we got an announcement about another one of those. They've announced stuff about the New Year's Day Doctor Who, which will have Ashleen B and Pauline McGlynn. So okay. I'm excited and terrified that it might be in Ireland. <laughs> Both, both at once. Yes, more Irish representation. They've had a really cool Northern Irish actor in this series, but I don't want to see what the BBC think Ireland is. Oh, it's absolutely not going to be. It's it's going to be Kerry. <laughs> <laughs> There's no two ways about it. It's going to be, it's going to be flowing green fields and and uh, and and fiddly dee. There's it's oh completely fiddly dee. Uh, there's. So they, there's a new Doctor Who game coming out tomorrow on the Switch with David Tennant and Jodie Whittaker in it, which oh, I'm very wow. much down for. They also recently released a Weeping Angel game on the phone, which was class, because the whole premise of it was you found, you, the player, have found some phone on the ground, and you basically have to unpack the mystery by looking through whoever owns it, like their phones and their emails, their photos, that kind of stuff. But the gimmick is, if you find a picture of a weeping angel, it will try and reach out through the phone to get you. Wow. Because any picture of an angel becomes an angel. So, And they actually got a lot of Doctor Who actors in to be in it. So, like, yeah, Doctor Who is kind of firing on all cylinders, except for the fact that the main show is incredibly controversial. <laughs> that's, no, but I'm, I'm glad, to, I'm glad, like, that's, that's a lot of really cool stuff for this sort of celebration. I'm glad to hear that, like, they're at least that they're course correcting enough and people seem to be enjoying the show again ah yeah 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 and like the comic books and the novels are just on fire it's just that weird star warsy thing where there's a huge amount of brilliant supplementary material and i like the whisker series personally but like the flagship seems to be kind of not sticking the landing and it's down to every other branch of the multimedia aspect of it to pick up the slack you know in the meantime while it course corrects yeah yeah exactly so i just wanted to with so much doom and gloom on the doctor who front to come and I, they even actually released a bunch of new eccleston radio plays uh this week like there's a whole bunch of good stuff coming out but anyway very uh, quickly with if, time left well actually uh if 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 you get a franchise to gush about that had a landmark may i also gush about a franchise of course, landmark. Of course. We're, we're one piece has here. 
One Piece has released its 1,000th episode. What? Uh, I believe, I think it was a week ago now. It's, it's, it's been and gone. But it just, like, obviously, that is a pivotal landmark. Like, that few series of Cross. Uh, and for it, they did a handful of, like, really cool things. Like, a, lo- a load of influencers. And I got, like, <laughs> kind of cool gift bags and that. Uh, I think it's San Francisco. They did a huge painted mural of Luffy and the main current bad guy, Kaido, going out. That looks rad. Uh, they announced a new movie that should be coming out next summer, which, again, like, the movies are always fun. Very kind of cool, non kind of stuff. My favorite little piece they did, though, is that they reanimated the original first OP from the, like, from the very start of the series, oh, 20-ish years ago. Right. In the current style, with the current production values, with all the current crew members, with the original song, and it just... I haven't watched the series in so long. <laughs> I've been only catching up through the manga. I It made my heart flutter. Oh, it's bless. so... It's so good. Also, the fact that We Are is an absolute classic. It's so good. It's just, I, I just like to share it out, just the fact that One Piece, it's it's incredible. Hey, what read One Piece. Yeah, I mean, like, roughly how long would it take you to actually read or watch all of One Piece? <laughs> A while. <laughs> I think, I think, I think, I think catching up to it I think catching up to it took me the guts of a year and a half <laughs> on and off in college. And that was back when it was coming near the end of the Dress Rasa arc. Right. Which is the last major arc mm. of which there has been now substantially more because it's been several <laughs> years. Uh, but it's just, it's a series that just goes strength on strength. It's just, it's incredible. Um, I'm, I'm thrilled because it is one of those flagship Japanese franchises, mm. isn't it? Oh, it's like the hottest thing in Japan. Like you... Like there's so much One Piece merch over there. It's huge. It is as big as Batman, and right. I believe I, it, I I I we I tried to look this up, but it was hard to actually get the exact things. But I believe that combined it at it at least it is, if not was at one point the third highest selling comic franchise in the world, beating Spider Man as a like franchise Ooh, and only holy. being beaten by Batman and Superman. Oh, well, those two with, always kind of like, you know, come on. Top. With, with the past, with the possibilities, I think like it was still within a margin of actually tapping Batman. Right. Superman simply was just too large a, a, an obstacle to overcome. <laughs> so but one piece is still going. Hard. So who knows? Oh, Superman high in the sky and Batman being pulled down by happy pirate boys. By a big rubber arm. Uh, (laughs) uh, But uh, with that gush out of the way, uh, we are actually at time. Sugar, Uh, I just looked up a list of the longest running TV shows. (laughs) I will say this much. Sesame Street has more than one piece. At least that much. (laughs) We're going to have to save that for next week. Uh, But, uh, Kian, before we go, is there anything you would like to plug for the good audience? Uh... Nothing major, just uh, check out. Uh, I'm still reviewing Doctor Who for Geek Garland. I'm also going to start doing retro reviews of Christmas films once Doctor Who runs out. So you can find me there. And of course, I'm always here on the Geek Garland, not Geek Garland, get my brands mixed up. <laughs> the Nerd to Know Media no, you're on brand, Spotify <laughs> and on Phoenix 92.5 FM if you're not listening to us there. But then that means you're on Spotify. So 
I suppose you've already found us, but I have to do the plug anyway because Dara isn't here. We're also on all the good social things like Facebook and Instagram and all that kind of stuff. Kev. Uh, well, as always, you can follow me on Twitter at KevTalic94 and you can find me running my Greek mythology themed D&D campaign over on the Nancy Crew YouTube channel yeah. with the links in the, uh, which the links are in the description on Spotify and YouTube. Uh, we had the truly wildest swerve in our last session. So definitely check that out. It's an absolute blast to run and it's a blast to listen to. Um, and I believe that is it. Uh, we are done. We will see you next week on the channel. Yes, please come back to hear uh, more of Dara's ongoing battles with cinema. And we'll probably have more Marvel stuff by next week. And we will see you then. Are you a nerd? Do you like hearing about a bizarre range of topics from the world of nerd? Does your heart and hairstyle still belong in the nostalgic 90s? Are you a sucker for spooky weirdo things? Well, whether you're a hardcore nerd or a vanilla ice ice baby, Straight Outta Canto is the podcast radio show for you! Straight Outta Canto, that's K-A-N-T-O, Ireland's number one show for nerd culture, nightmares, nostalgia, and more. Straight Outta Canto. Join us at nerdtoknowmedia.com. Thank you for listening to a Nerd to Know Media production. 